Cole Berry here with my man Brett Strauss coming at you with the KC Kingdom podcast, bringing you all the news and notes around Kansas City sports. All right, we have a really fun show today. We have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. We have a Raider beatdown to get to. We have a Broncos win to cover, but it covers in that span a heartbreaking Charger loss and a former Mizzou Tiger, so we can actually have some fun talking about the Broncos. Then we can just go right into the uh, the Patriots-Chiefs matchup. That's going to be a lot of fun to dissect into. Obviously, it's going to be hard to really get into it without being super biased, but we're going to try our best. Uh, before we do any of that, though, we can talk about some big news coming out of Mizzou with Barry Odom getting fired as the football coach. Yeah, they let him go. I was a little surprised. I wasn't too surprised. Yeah. But I was a little surprised. I mean, we talked about it last week about how it's not the best time to try to find a new coach. But yeah. then again, I think they feel like they had the talent this year. And it w- it wasn't just that they lost, you know, to Georgia, to Florida. It was that we lost to Wyoming. And Vanderbilt. And, and then that last loss, not not to Arkansas, but to uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. And then the Arkansas game, we won, tw- what, 24-14? to 14? But they were bad. And it wasn't that fun yeah, of a game. Yeah, they it were wasn't bad. It was good football. The, the thing I want to say about Barry Odom is, is going around Twitter and just the internet in general and anyone talking Mizzou, it's pretty much a consensus that all the players loved him. Yeah. And that was kind of his thing. He was a player coach. He's a former player himself. And players really loved the guy. But it was – it kind of seemed that with Barry's, you know, head coaching gig here, he just has a lot to learn from that standpoint. I, I have no doubt that he is a good coach and that he is – he's probably going to get a chance somewhere else eventually, I'd say, as a as a head coach. But with this job, he just had a lot he needed to learn from, like, clock management to game time decisions to how to run a program day in and day out and not just managing you know a portion of the program like on defense yeah. like as a coordinator and that's just that's a thing that's most head coaches do need seasoning you know from their first job to become better coaches so I don't think there's no part of me that thinks Barry was a bad coach I just don't think he was ready to become a great coach yet and just watching some of the games man it, it was just so there was too many sloppy mistakes and penalties and just mental lapses and just head scratching stuff to really warrant keeping him, especially after like the easy slate of games we were given this year. Yeah, I think it would have been completely different if we go into Georgia. What was it like seven and like everyone was saying we're going to go into Georgia seven and zero or whatever because we had just softballs up until that yes. point. And then we went in what seven and or five and two maybe. No, and we lost to uh, the thing was we had that early season loss to Wyoming, and, and then, then we bounced back, ripped off four straight. We're ranked going, and then we had that bad against bad Vandy. Loss to Vandy. Yeah, Winless yeah, yeah. Vandy beat us right the week we got ranked, and when that happens, like that cannot happen. When as as a head coach, when you finally get some excitement swirling around the program, ranked for the first time in a while, and you go into a winless team. And then just lose, and you're like, "Wow, that's shocking!" And yeah. then you follow that up with another embarrassing loss to Kentucky, where you weren't really that competitive. Then you hit the stretch of Georgia and Florida, and then you keep the Tennessee. You know, like if, like you said, we would have went in there strong, won Vandy and Kentucky, 
lose to Florida, Georgia, then beat Tennessee, Arkansas, lose three this year. Kind of a disappointment, but most people are happy with that. Yeah. And he probably keeps his job, even though, you know, the wins against ranked teams weren't there. But he's not even able to beat the bad teams now. Like, yeah. bad conference teams, I should say. I mean, I don't want to, like, Jim Harbaugh seems like he's on the hot seat for some reason because he can't beat Ohio State. Yeah. Well, we maybe we can't beat Georgia, which we have before. Yeah. And, well, we do. We can beat Florida for some reason. But when you can't beat Vandy, yes. and that's when it's – Jim Harbaugh's not losing to Vandy. Exactly. And uh, the, the harder thing is it's just SEC teams in general. If we would have had a bad loss to, like, a non-conference terrible team, it probably would have been better off for Odom. But when you, you have to be able to compete within the division, especially the weak SEC East – He's one able to get the well, and it's for there. recruiting and everything else. Yeah, and it just uh, the AD Sturk is very, very adamant about having a top twenty-five team. He wants a competitive SEC team. Well, I remember what it was like to have a competitive team. Oh, yeah. and it was awesome. It's uh, it, the atmosphere around the program just is insane when you when you get to yeah. that level. So, oh well, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye out on that situation. Early Vegas odds released on who the next head coach is, but those are always just they take what candidates are there, and you know basically give them random odds. We'll learn more once like formal interviews or, you know, interest from within the university is expressed and we'll start covering that. But for now, I think we're going to write into the NFL and uh, we'll start around with our division rivals. News and notes from around the West. Yeah. All right. So we can start off by talking a little Broncos uh, chargers right now. And they, they had the matchup this week together and it's rare that I root for a Broncos win, and it's usually only when they're playing a division rival, you know. And in a perfect world, they'll tie or something. But we in got, a perfect world, they just both lose. Yeah, they, yeah. Somehow they find, somehow, they get disqualified. It's like a new rule. Like a just, yeah, massive Miles Garrett style fight just breaks out halftime, and they just both lose. And they're just like, I DQ'd both teams. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. But we've never seen that, and it probably never happened. So next best thing is at least one of them lose in the most heartbreaking way possible. And it happened. If oh. we said one team in the AFC West loses in heartbreaking fashion, who would it be? Name, you know, name, Na- a, name that team. Name a better duo: Chargers and losing <laughs> in a heartbreaking fashion. Oh my! And we got to see our boy Drew come out and sling it a little bit. That was nice. Which was awesome. It was nice. He he obviously he, he wasn't, didn't really light it up. No, he didn't. Uh, he did have two touchdown passes. That one to Cortland Sutton down the sideline. That was a beautiful throw, but that was even a more beautiful play by Cortland Sutton himself. Yeah. That oh, was yeah. beautiful. Uh, He's a stud. Locked, we talked about him we did, a lot. Yeah, but. I like Cortland. We, we, we're Cortland fans over here. If he ever wants to come hop in a red jersey, I'd take him over over Sammy right now. I'd throw, Ooh, I'd throw Cortland. Throwing shade on, I, uh, no, but on Cor- the Lizard King. Cortland's earning it right now. I'd throw him in yeah, that mix and let him, let him go. But Drew looked Good, not great. Obviously, a rookie first start. That was all obvious. One thing that did help them out was that 101 of Locke's yards came on third down, and the Broncos were one of the worst third down passing teams in the league before he came in. So that was nice to see for them from a production standpoint. But the the overarching theme of the game, or what everyone can't stop talking about, is how it ended. And so just a quick little recap for those that didn't see it. If you haven't won, go watch it because it's hilarious. But basically, the Chargers tie it up. With 15. 15 seconds. Yeah, nothing major. And so, the Broncos, Drew Locke kind of walked us through after the game what was going on. He was like, 
we were going to just go kneel it out, go to halftime as one does. But then they got a decent little return to like, okay, let's take a shot. If we get like a Hail Mary catch, timeout, kick a field goal. If we don't, you know, if they pick it off, there's no time left for them to do anything. Let's just take a shot. So they took a shot. And then this wasn't even reviewed. This was just called live. Casey Hayward interfered on the play, set the Broncos up and, you know, kick territory. And Brandon McManus just nails it. And watching it, like, I thought I found all the ways the Chargers could lose. Last second, Rivers interception, a shank field goal, a fumble, a penalty, you know, just something always heartbreaking. But this, oh, man, it just, mwah. I still think, and what's so sad for the Chargers, and I I don't envy being a Chargers fan. No. Like, I'm glad we're Chiefs fans. Here's, but yeah. I still think this is the second worst loss they've had this year. The fumble one was worse in my mind. <laughs> it was, and that's terrible. That you and have, that's terrible you because have, they're both, awful. like, franchise oh, man. bad. So that's the thing about the Chargers when you're a Chiefs fan. Uh, the Raiders can, like, stake a claim because they have three Super Bowls. The Broncos have multiple Super Bowls. We can flex on the Chargers, though. They have never won a Super Bowl. We have a, we, The Chiefs have a winning record against every team in the AFC West. I don't know if you know that. Like, all time, we have a winning record. We're the only, obviously the only team to have that against every rival. And the Chargers, they just can't say anything to us because they have never done anything. And so it's always nice to see them even get beat down a little worse. Man, man. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Drew Locke was so excited after the game. Oh. It was so cool. And all of it, the team came up to him, like Corland Sutton. And then, you know, I think it was Chris Harris. I'm not sure. But during the interview, he's like, they're like, this is the, this is the guy. He's like, no, nah, you're the guy. And then he just went back to his interview. Like what, a, both what a guy. What a, he was just trying not to smile. You could tell he was in the moment. Just it was surreal to him, which is good. It's good to see, you know, some of these rookies show some emotion when they get those wins. It was better than the Haskins selfie before the kneel down at yeah. least lock w- waited for the game that was a tough look <laughs> yeah yeah the, but when that happened i was just a little side here i was not as mad as everyone else because at least his first thought was hey i want to go to the fans like when he won or when he thought the game was over he was like i'm gonna go be with the fans and that'll kind of endear him to the fan base more than it will the national media which is you know, important when you're a franchise quarterback. Yeah. Kind of want your fans. Colin Coward it? probably firing in there. Oh, exactly. Like, like what he had on Baker. Yeah, Coward hates you, but the fans love you because your first night thought was to go celebrate with them. So it was not a bad of look as it could have been. But, you know, Broncos, Chargers, I, th- I believe they have the same record now, which is blows my mind. That does blow my mind. The, everyone, it was once again the year, what, part nine, or everyone was predicting the Chargers to win the West. And this year, obviously, didn't even get close to happening. Uh, they're probably, I mean, are they the worst team in this in this division? I still want to say the Broncos are worse, I, but like, after seeing that, that how can we? I don't know how this is all going to shake out because we'll get to the Raiders here in a second. But if the Raiders keep getting beat by 50, yeah, you know, that's then, true. then it could be a horse race for worst team in the AFC West. <laughs> I love talking about this, man. It me just too. makes me smile, you know. Uh, me too. The thing about the Chargers, though, was they had Derwin James back. That kind of flew under the radar a little bit, but he played this week. Their best player on defense was out there, and obviously you can attribute to you know Russ knocking off or whatever. But they're kind of getting healthier, and they're still finding these ways to lose. So their excuses are going to start really running, running low over in Charger, over in L.A. You know, their home where they belong. Yeah, they're home. Oh man, uh, 
any, I think that's all I got on that. Um, going forward, you know, we about to have the division locked up. If we win this week and the and the Raiders lose, we lock it up. But it, like you said, it's going to be interesting to see that little horse race to to see who's going to take the last place spot here. So, but coming up, we're going to have the our Raiders Chiefs breakdown. Before we do that, I think we're going to hit the phone and see what the fan reaction, you know, instant from the game is going to be this week. All right, caller, you're on with the KC Kingdom podcast. Uh, what's your name? It's me again, the KC Madman. Oh, hello, Mr. Madman. It's good to hear from you again. How, how Were you at the game this weekend? Oh, heck yeah. Uh, Raiders week, boy. You wouldn't, you wouldn't miss it for the world, would you, Mr. Madman? I came ready to brawl up in them upper decks. But, man, when you're winning... 40 to 9, no one to fight you. They all just want to leave. I, I mean, I was there ready. <laughs> what? I, I all hopped up on hot cocoa and, you know, brought my taser in. That plastic, they'll just flip that right through the metal detector. Oh, yes. No one wanted to do anything. Everyone oh, kept leaving early. Sir, sir, from a game standpoint, what did you think? Because obviously you, uh, get, you get to watch it. From a game standpoint, like, I mean, everyone left around like the fourth quarter i mean man i get that you're trying to leave the parking lot but you know just walk three miles to the holiday inn and just park there like me and everyone else that's probably my hot take from the game your hot take from the game is park at the holiday inn to save time yeah if you go to arrowhead that's probably the, the most sound wisdom i can give to you but yeah, Patrick, next time you come in, you want to throw a 40 burger, just park at the hallway. Yeah, <laughs> well, sir, it's make it a lot easier, and I'll be able to get an autograph. It sounds like you had a very good time. Thank you for calling into the Casey Kingdom podcast. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be hearing from you soon. Tasers are plastic. <laughs> plastic. Plastic. Hey, everyone, that was the Kansas City Madman. Uh, as always, he was a joy. All right, so the Raiders. There's nothing better than looking at a score at the end of a game when you're playing the Raiders and seeing 40 to 9 is there nothing, nothing. well 60 to 0 it's Chiefs by 60 <laughs> I'm still waiting for that one well, me too but man the as far as a game could go this was about as a fun one you could watch just a complete meltdown of Derek Carr who I love to hate yeah it was a meltdown by the whole team I could see from my seats in the stadium I could just see John Gruden melting down melting on the down side, on the sideline and I I couldn't even really see that it was him because, you know, they all had their coats on. Yeah. But I could see it was him because the body language yes. just said it all. I, watching from home, I don't know what the over-under was on how many times the camera panned to his face and he was just mad, but it was at least 10. Like, at least. Every single small thing that went to the Raiders, like happened to the Raiders, they would just show a, a clip of John Gruden live and he had the most disgruntled look on his face that you'd ever seen. The biggest one was after that shank kick to the left. Yeah. He just looked just mad. He looked ready to fire. Well, everybody. you know, they say if it can go wrong, you know, what is the Murphy's Law thing? If it Everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Basically. That was the, the Raiders game. Yeah, and it was just from a Chiefs standpoint, it was good to see. We dominated defensively, except for the run defense. Again, the first half run defense. First half run defense, and in particular, it was the outside run defense. Inside running, they averaged less than like two yards a carry. So our our middle was strong. It was the outside that that was struggling a little bit. So that's kind of you know, kind of a good thing because I'm just sick of us getting gashed up the middle like Derrick yeah. Henry by 15 yards. Yeah. But still, some things to clean up. 
But from an overall standpoint, special teams look good. Butker hit a 50-yarder in the wind. Block kick return, you know. Uh, those units were sound. Defense was dominant. Uh, once again, coverage was phenomenal. The Raiders receivers had nothing. All game. And even in garbage time had nothing. It was mostly Darren Waller and throws to running backs. Like, our cornerbacks were suffocating them. And I know the Raiders aren't the most talented wide receiver group, so you should, but it's like a good sign that we were able to do that. When yeah. you, you should be able to suffocate the bad groups. If you can't, then you have problems, you know. And we were able to do that. And Tyro Williams is a decent little receiver, and Charvarius Ward said sorry. Yeah. Don't don't catch anything today. You should take the day off, go rest, because you're not getting anything. So Yeah, it was one of those games, and I think we touched on this last week, where they come off a Chargers win that didn't feel like a win. Yes. And we were kind of like, this is a good team, we think. But we need to beat a bad team mm-hmm. bad. We need to have the Ravens over the Texans where you just go in. I mean, and that's a good team. Yeah. But we needed. That dominating win. Yeah. And, I mean, no penalties. And no, no, you know. No like, penalties for the first time since the 70s. Another thing to look at is that the offense, and this is crazy to say, but they still didn't look what they need to look like. The offense was probably our weak point uh, of and, this game. And that – some people are concerned by that, but I think it's a great sign because it's, well, we scored forty. Yeah, uh, what, what was happening was was those the turnovers are starting to become a real thing for us. We've kind of flipped that narrative. Remember that weird part of the season, that five game stretch where we were just fumbling all the time. We've kind of flipped that, and we're now winning the turnover battle. And so those games are going our way, and now they're going our way big. Like we talked last week when the Chiefs had four picks and only scored twenty four points. We're like, that's not good. When this offense gets this many turnovers, they need to be able to punch it in. They did that this week, albeit it was on the ground, because Daryl got a rushing touchdown, LaShawn got a rushing touchdown, Mahomes got a rushing touchdown, and Darwin got a rushing touchdown. So the stats weren't as eye-popping, but they were able to finish those drives where they got the short fields and were able to get points on the board and took those turnovers and made them a dominant performance instead of just a win. Yeah, it was interesting to hear Mahomes. Mahomes actually mentioned that with the short fields. Yes. Because someone, the interviewer asked him, you know, you didn't have the offense clicking tonight or, or something like that. And he's like, well, we we didn't have a lot of field to cover yeah, ever. Ever. Well, because there was the, the fumble on the kickoff by the Raiders. The, uh, um, the Tyron Matthew interception was a short field. We had a couple decent returns and just field position things where we got the ball and it just there wasn't a lot of yards for the offense to go. And then by the time where that kind of evened out in the second half and we, were, we weren't getting short fields, we were already up 24 nothing. At that point, Andy's in coast mode. We all know Andy goes in coast mode. And, you know, you up 24 nothing and 31 nothing. He's not going to push the envelope offensively, especially when they hadn't scored yet. Yeah. Like, if it was 31-17 and then Andy does his little thing, people get nervous. But 31 nothing, he just wanted to, he wanted to get out of there. He didn't want yeah. anybody to get hurt. He didn't want to show anything on tape. He knew he had a big win, and he was just kind of, hey, let's just be healthy. Let's, you know, this is yeah. the Raiders. Enjoy it. Give guys chances like my boy Darwin got in there. That was the most impressive part of the game for me, personally, was right there in the fourth quarter – was it the beginning of the fourth quarter yeah, maybe, was- right there in the beginning when we get the ball and it's something that we haven't done all year is we're going to run the ball, we're just going to run the clock down and, you know, let's put them away. We went on a death march, one of those just back-breaking, 
it was awesome. Crippling drive. It was awesome to see because we just haven't done that. And I mean, we we do half of that. We beat the Titans. Yes, yes. easily. And that is why right now I'm going to go on my little Darwin Thompson fan train hype hype train. I love this kid. And going into the season. I love this kid. I was writing about him on KC Kingdom on the website. Every time I could get a piece that I could mention him, I was just praising his contact balance, which, I mean, everyone sees. They, they see the contact balance. They see the, the vision. The vision was impressive. It's very impressive. And with that, he is the he's a small back. And so in your head, you don't equate him to that fourth quarter pounder. You want a Mark Ingram in the fourth quarter or a Derrick Henry just in your head. But all the attributes that Darwin does have, are perfect for that what we just saw and I'd like to point out a lot of people like well the game was 31 to nothing how impressive really was his one drive it was super impressive because the Raiders didn't give up they had everyone out there well and they knew it was going to be a run and they knew it was coming so they had their I mean Max Crosby was out there Cleveland Farrell was out there and they said you know we're going to still play this run and they to that point had stuffed us running the football so far we had not run on that front and Darwin just he was small he had that patience that vision the patience I saw the patience it was like a stretch play to the left or something like that and he waited 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 cut up field and I was like oh you get the little bit of explosion you get some power some hurdles I mean he's an exciting kid was nice What what I'd like to point out is that last year this was kind of the time where Damian Williams started doing a lot of that stuff where when Kareem Hunt was gone we kind of turned to Spencer Ware and you know we had Daryl, we called him up, and Damian was in the in on the roster. Sharkandrick West even scored a touchdown in that Seahawks game last year. We were kind of trying to figure out who was going to take that rollover, and it ended up being Damian that captured it after Ware even got hurt. Well, now Damian he's out. Um, it appears Daryl. We don't have a, a concrete update on him yet, but it was serious enough for the team to wave Garrett Dieter and go side and Spencer Ware back, so he's back. And that just kind of opens up that hole for Darwin to come in and be that spark plug. And going forward, I really do see a backfield probably led by LaShawn McCoy and Darwin Thompson. Yeah. I do. LaShawn's averaging 4.9 yards a carry this year. And Andy has been adamant that he's an older guy. We need to manage his load. And to do that, that means someone else is going to get touches. And LaShawn's probably going to be the lead back going into the playoffs. Andy's hope is to keep him fresh and then kind of just unleash him. And, but to do that, you need some guy to take touches, and Darwin might be that spark plug going forward, and he showed against the Raiders he can do it. Yeah, I I was very impressed. And like you said earlier, you've been a fan of his for – Oh, long. I've been showing everyone Utah State highlight clips of this kid, and you know I've always – the feedback has always been, and fairly, well, the level of competition, can he do it in the NFL? And then in the preseason, he had those couple runs, and I'm like, listen, this Darwin kid, you know, and there was a – Chiefs Twitter was all over it too. I'm not claiming I was – you know, the Darwin Messiah, but uh, I was like, listen, this kid's got it. And you were at least one of the disciples. Disciples, yes. I was one, I was a Darwin disciple. <laughs> he was an early disciple. I was an early disciple of Darwin. And then LaShawn McCoy gets signed, and that just flips the whole backfield on its head, and you could just kind of tell that he wasn't going to have that role in his rookie year. Yeah, which I was a little surprised because after that, well, it was the third or fourth preseason game, he was getting a lot of touches, and I was like, oh. A lot of touches that looked good. He was hurtling. Yeah. He was – trucking people I was like we're gonna see him like in the regular season and then we didn't see him at all in the regular season and uh the the coaches are pretty high on the kid too uh Eric Bieniemy has been pretty adamant that hey we need to get this kid touches we're gonna get him touches 
move him along slowly. And Andy Reid is that's kind of his mo. Uh, rookie running backs don't really have a huge role for him. I know Kareem Hunt did, but that was because Spencer Ware got hurt. The goal there was to start Spencer Ware. Kareem Hunt kind of get his feet wet, but it just our hand was forced, and Kareem was so talented that he ended yeah. up taking the role. But Brian Westbrook, Andy Reid's probably best running back other than Kareem Hunt. He didn't play very much his rookie year, and and there hasn't been a rookie running back other than Hunt really explode like that. So Darwin's, I think, still got a bright future with the team, and we might be able to see a little glimpse of that in this home stretch. Another thing I saw, and we talk, we've talked about this before. It, I almost feel like I feel bad for myself now because when I see it, I just expect it. But Patrick Mahomes always has one throw, well, one. Greater than one throw. Y- yes. That's just like mind blowingly good. Well, and it seems to always go to Kelsey, like running up the seam or something like that, where he just throws it and it just lands right in his hands. Oh, so soft and so perfect. So perfect. And he just run, like allows him to get another 20, 30 yards because it's so perfectly put yes. in his hands. And he had another one. And I was like, my seats, I was in like the corner of the end zone, yeah. 100 level. It was like the perfect angle to see the nice arc of the ball just land right in his hands, and then Kelsey just rumbling right at me. Oh, like that! It was that forty-seven yard play. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was beautiful. It, uh, it just—you can't put it any better. There was another play, and Tony Romo on the broadcast. You didn't get to hear this because you're at the game, but it was that throw to Tyreek on the right side. It was he was throwing left to right, and it was just in the bread basket, like twenty-seven yards. It wasn't major. But when Tony Romo was dissecting, he was like, I need everyone to take a second because that throw was amazing, and no one knows how hard that throw is. He's throwing left to right, and the distance he's throwing it is far because it's downfield and across the field. And he's like, the distance that ball has to travel is more than 20 yards. It's, it's, that's a tough throw because he's throwing into the wind, and his arm strength and touch just cut through all of that and hit hill and stride. And Romo was just guffawing over it. He was just oh my God, just falling over himself, praising it. And it's those throws that just make this kid so amazing. I say kid, but... Well, he's a kid. Yeah, he's just... Patrick, man, he is something else. And he didn't play that great. No. (laughs) I saw something on Twitter today, and I I think it might have been... I think you might have retweeted or something. It was like uh, Lamar Lamar had like 210 total yards. One rushing touchdown, one passing touchdown. And it was like, oh, Lamar, sealing up that MVP. Did it again. Yeah, and then it was like Patrick Mahomes, 205 total yards, one passing touchdown, one rushing touchdown. What's wrong with Mahomes? Exactly. It's like they're the same stat line. The same stat line, man. And it's just, But it's like, and I, I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast. It's just always in my brain because I heard it from somebody, and it makes so much sense to me. It's the LeBron James effect. Yep, we, we talked about it last week, I believe. Yeah. It just It's normalized now. And I'm, but I'm, we're going to keep talking. We need to keep talking about it because we don't want it to be normalized. Yeah. I mean, LeBron should have many MVPs, but who wants to see LeBron win MVP every year? LeBron, the fans, the fans of his team. Yeah. So, like, if you asked who wanted to see Patrick win MVPs every year, us. Yeah. I still want, I st- I'm like, I'm out there in the streets <laughs> fighting for my boy, Pat. Like, oh, he's not even in the race. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he Just is. wait. Just wait. It's Just coming. Wait. It's coming. And he's about to go for 707 touchdowns. It's like, like back in tech. I will say, if he has one of those performances, like this week against the Patriots, it's not prime time, but it is afternoon slot, so there's less games there. And it's the CBS game. 
Romo and Nance are calling it, and it's the Patriots. Everyone's watching that game. If he has one of those, like, performances that Patrick can have, that MVP race is going to get really interesting. Well, Lamar's just got to stumble once. Once. Because, like we talked about last week, he's the hype man right now. It's not his numbers. It's not, you know, it's his highlights. It's his... You know the the uh, very marketable highlights. Yeah. Juking four guys out and taking a ball fifty yards gets you. It's some, incredible. It's incredible, and it gets you play time, and it gets yeah. you in everyone's head. Mahomes needs to go out there, and you know how we talk about the LeBron James effect, how we're normalizing his play. He needs to go. Patrick needs to go have a forty point triple double against the Warriors. Yeah, you know that basically in, what it in equates game six. to in game six. He needs to have that. This is the Patriots. I'm throwing for 400 yards. I'm throwing for five on, five touchdowns. The best pass defense in the league. Yes, and you're going to remember who I am. And and it's and LeBron has a couple of those games every year where he does that, and so does Patrick. And he really needs to have one of those where people can't go but. There yeah. can't be any but to a to a game to catch him up. And I think you and me both agree. MVP. We don't want MVP. We want Super Bowl, but but MVP would be nice. It, it would be nice. The the thing is, I don't think a I'd have to double check this, but I'm pretty sure no quarterback who's won the MVP has won the Super Bowl ever. And if it has, it's only been one, like the year they won it. Yeah. There's never been a quarterback win the MVP and then win the Super Bowl. So keep it out of his hands. Maybe, yeah, maybe we don't want it. Give it to year. Russ. Give it to Lamar. We'll, we'll meet you in the big game and we'll yeah. get it done. So uh, other things from the game I'd like to point out that safety tandem is just coming on Thornhill and Matthew. I, I think it's Matthew. Yeah, I think he's just such a beast and such a leader that I think he's got those guys playing. He is a lead. I, the leader part's a great point because it could be a little underrated with him. He was talking about Thornhill and he was just hyping him up. It was an inter- in an interview, and they asked him like, "What do you see in practice?" And Matthew was like, "You know, at the beginning of the year, he's a rookie. I could tell he was super talented, but he was timid. He was overthinking. He was trying to make too many plays. He's like, now in practice, sometimes I'll just shut up." And I'll let him run the practice because he can do that now, and it's great experience for him. And when I was hearing Tyron talk about that, I'm like, now that's a leader. That yeah. just he, he oozes leader about him, and he's like tailoring or not tailoring, but molding this kid into what he knows he can be. Because Thornhill, he had some big plays out there. He was looking big good. Big plays. Fourth down stop, the, which was a big play. Big play. The the I pick mean, six the obviously. knife through and then to make that tackle oh, where man. he doesn't fall forward like he hit him right at that, you know, waistline oh, where perfect. they just kind of fold up. I was like, "Woof." And like a missile. And like he looked Woof. like a missile on that pick six too. That was And yeah. he he was talking about it. He got the he got the call from Dion. Yeah, ball, did he? The ball, you get the call. Yeah, he nice. got the he got the ball call. And he was talking about it. he's like, "You know, I know what Derek likes to do on those slants sometimes." And he, he was smiling. He was like, when I saw my opportunity, I was like, just catch it. Just catch it. You're going to the house. All you got to do is catch it because he knew it was coming. And he caught it, and he just exploded. And he had the Chick-fil-A cleats on. And, man, I like this kid a yeah. lot. He's looking good. Safeties in general is a huge strong point now. Last year is a weak point. Eric Berry was hurt. Uh, Eric Murray and Josh Shaw were our two safeties against the Patriots. Josh Shaw, the guy who just got suspended for betting against – yeah. Yeah. Old Joshy. Joshy. Yeah. He was a uh, he was the guy covering Gronk one on one last year. We picked him up off the street to play that game. But safety group is mass like just immensely improved. Cornerbacks are playing well. Pass rush is still top five. And Chris Jones oh. still beast. Oh I mean God. this you got to pay this man. And it, that's the one thing I'm worried about. 
we we've given money to Matthew. We've given money to Clark. We had given money to Tyreek and Mahomes. There's always an odd man out. I just don't want it to be Chris Jones. He's just been a force. And he is Kansas City. Like, yeah, oh yeah. He loves playing in this atmosphere. Yeah. There's not a guy who plays with the crowd more on that defense. So, But from a play standpoint, you're right. He's just a beast. Yeah, the defense, uh, finally, I kept saying it, you know, they're going to get tired of people trashing them. Yes. And they're going to play better. Or the season's just going to go down in flames, I guess, you know, but... I was talking to some friends outside of the podcast because, you know, I just I can't stop talking Chiefs. And I made the point, I'm like, this defense has now had two just dominating performances. Two. The yeah. the Broncos game and this game. And then they've had some really good performances, like the four-pick game against the Chargers. They had the 10-point allowed to the Raiders. Like, that's more – like great performances that I can remember from last year. Yeah, last year oh, yeah. they were just getting shellacked every week. The problem is they've had bad performances, which is like they're so inconsistent, <laughs> I guess is the the right word. And what we said early in the year was we're hoping they were going to gel and like the the good happens more than the bad now and it's starting to happen. Yeah. Like right in front of us, it's starting we don't have a bad defense anymore. You can talk about the run defense all you want. We don't have a bad defense. We have a, a defense that can get pressure, create turnovers, and defend the pass. You can't no. have it all some, you, you, know, you no. can't have it all sometimes. Well, and the whole narrative has always been, well, has always been since last year. If we have middle tier, that's all we need. That's all we need. And it's it's getting, you allow twenty points a game, that's all twenty five points a game, twenty eight points a game. <laughs> we can you know, win a like, game, you we know? can still win. And it's been, I mean, they have looked not only just good. They look like a defense teams don't want to see. Like, and I, you, the narrative's going to be you got to do it against the dominant team. But hey, they held that Colts team to 19 points in that loss. Yeah, you know the the one really bad memory of this defense I have. You know, the the Packers at home did put up a lot of points on us. I get we didn't have Mahomes, but that's a game you could probably lose with Mahomes because we gave up over 30 points. Yeah, but even the Titans game, man. Looking they at played it, good enough. Yeah, the the seven of those points come off the board because of that fumble six. Well, they didn't and another seven points. of them come off the board if the Chiefs offense gets a first down. Gets a first down, yeah. So One first down. And the game's over. For the majority, of the, everyone wants to remember the last drive of Tannehill carving them up, but the defense did not play bad that game. Well, and they did their job the series before. Yes, they, they got the stop. They got the stop. They said, okay, we got you the stop. Offense, go win it. Get a first down. Get 10 yards. This is our bread and butter. Go do it. And well, and, I mean, think about the Vikings game. Yeah. When we shut down Dalvin Cook, we made that Vikings offense look, you know, bad. They scored 23, but we had that fumble in that game with McCole Hardman that set yeah, it up in short field. exactly. You know, this defense has played well. you, you got to look at the whole picture here. And, and they made – I didn't think the Vikings maybe were even a very good team after that. Yeah. And, then, and then now they're competing with the Seahawks, which I think is a very good team. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they're going right down the wire with the Seahawks, so I'm like, that was a quality, quality win. Just going back through the head, the Lions game. We don't win that game if Bre they don't punch that ball out and Breland takes it to the house. Yeah. They, they don't win that game without that defensive touchdown. The Jags game, we were all upset because a rookie sixth, sixth rounder was carving us up. We're like, oh, darn, this kid comes in and he can just put 20 points on us after Nick Foles goes out. That's terrible. Turns out Gardner Minshew is probably the best quarterback on that roster. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just – 
there's a lot of narratives you can look back over this course of this year and kind of start looking at some context and seeing that this defense is pretty pretty good. It's it's not anywhere near the unit we had last year. It's far better. Spags is doing a good job of situationally blitzing and and putting guys in place to do to do things to to help the team win. It's more fundamentally sound. We cleaned up the penalties on defense finally. Yeah. In the past couple weeks there haven't been any heartbreaking defensive yeah. penalties. There was a time a very bad time where it seemed like every throw defensive holding. Yes. It was like Nothing is more frustrating. And it was Breland, Brashad Breland. He was having a good year in coverage, but that was his one knock. Yeah. He hasn't done that in a few weeks. We just got Kendall Fuller back too, and I don't think I don't think it was a coincidence. The week we get Kendall Fuller back is the week we smother a team's receiving core. Yeah, the tight end still got loose on us, but that's a little less scary yeah. when you look at the competition in the AFC. Here's a good segue. I don't think the Patriots want to see the secondary this week. I don't think so either. I really don't think that the Patriots want to see the Chiefs. And we're going to tell you why after you get this little uh, far, far away preview inspired out of the way. The Patriots' empire is in shambles and wants the mysterious child Tyree kills powers for unknown evil purposes. Only the warm, reluctant heart and a rocket arm of a lone space cowboy can save him. Now, after routing some backwash Raiders 40-9, he's ready to take the fight to Boston. He is the Mahomalorian. Starring Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady frozen in carbonite, Tyree Kill is Baby Yoda, and that's no moon, it's Chris f***ing Jones. Wait, and Robert Kraft is Jar Jar Binks? Misa like Ace and Massage. Chiefs, Patriots, Sunday. You're not ready. All right, man. So we got Chiefs Patriots this week. Rematch, revenge game. Uh, there's some history here now. Bruin. We seems like we play these guys every year. To varied results. A couple beatdowns in recent memory. A couple heartbreaking losses for us. But they are coming off a, a pretty ugly performance on offense. Yeah, they're they're not coming off a good game. No, they're not. And we're coming off a really good game. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of how the dynamic of these two teams play yeah, out. Yeah, this seems like our new rival, like because we don't really compete with the AFC West. Twenty-five well, and three in the last twenty-eight we, games. I guess it's the opposite of we don't compete. We compete too well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the rivalry with the AFC West will always be there because we hate them, and there's always that chance. Like the year we lost to the zero ten Raiders on Thursday Night Football, Derek Carr's first career win. Those are always possible when you play the division. But for a true rivalry, you need some animosity and some big stakes and back-and-forth wins. So far, the Patriots have the two important wins of us in the playoffs, but we have those two like dominating performances against them in the regular season. Yeah, and this was pre-Patty Mahomes, yes. unfortunately. Patty still hasn't found a way to beat the Patriots. I think that's our week. I think this is his – he's going to taste a little blood. I think the whole team's tasting a little blood right now after that – Bad loss. Like, it, the the final score was not as close as that game actually was. Oh, the Texans, Patriots. Yeah. Oh yeah, they yeah. they were never in it. In it, you know. Well, and and the Patriots finally got exposed, and I feel like I've been preaching this all year, and no one either listens or believes me. But that's like you know we're football guys. We preach all of our wild takes, and no one seems to you know listen. All but right. my whole take all year is I still don't think this Patriots team is very good. 
I don't. Th- I think their offense is a fraud. I think their defense is good, but how good are they? Because they've played junk, junk, junk offenses, and, and, and then got smacked by the Ravens and the Texans. Yeah, yeah. And Bill Belichick is a great coach, and you know what a great coach does is he beats up on bad teams, because, you know, they. I mean, that's why. Even going back to the beginning of the podcast, that's why I fired Barry Odom because we have to beat up on bad teams. Yeah, exactly. All right, so I I posted this in our fantasy group chat. I like doing these, especially because we have a quite a few Patriot fans in our fantasy group, which is going to make for an interesting dy- dynamic watching this game on Sunday. But I'm going to do a player A stat line and a player B stat line. So player A, eleven. This is since week four of the NFL season. Since week four, player A, eleven touchdowns, six interceptions. 59% completion, an 80.3 QB, or quarterback rating, and 6.2 yards attempt, uh, per attempt. Player B, 10 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 63% completion, an 85 passer rating, and 6.3 yards attempt. So the only thing player A has over player B is one more touchdown. Player B has less picks, less completion percentage, higher passer rating, and higher yards per attempt. Player A is... Tom Brady. Who's player B? Well, I kind of already know because yeah. I'm in the fantasy Who group. Who was it? But Kyler Murray. No. Oh, I thought it was Kyler Murray. Those were the ones that were equal. This one was Mitch Trubisky. I did two of oh, these. Remember? Okay. I did two of these. Kyler Murray and Tom Brady were over the full season. This was Mitch Trubisky's stats since week four. And he has had better stats in every category but touchdowns since week it four. Doesn't I'm, I, they, they it doesn't surprise me. They haven't looked good. Though. Well, yeah. It should surprise you, but it doesn't. I mean, here's why it doesn't surprise me. Because I remember that stat five weeks ago when if the offense hadn't even taken the field, they would have still had a winning record. Yes. If the offense never played a snap for the Patriots. That is absurd. That's absurd. And they are not getting that production from the – Well, because it's – it's like a house of cards. You can't – It's unsustainable. You can't rely on the defense to win you – like actually win you games. Like score all the points. And prevent, like, you know, they say defense wins games. Yeah, but it's not supposed to win, actually win the well, game. The adage is offense wins games, defense wins championships, right? Yeah. You, know, you got to have the offense to, to win these games, but when it, when it gets down to the nitty-gritty cold weather, you got to have that defense. Well, the Patriots were just beating up on teams and scoring a lot of points, but even then you could see the offense was struggling. Yeah. And Well, they'd have 20 yards to go to score a touchdown. And even if they don't make it, it's still a field goal. They yes. still get points. And a lot of times they weren't making it. Yeah. And that was the scary thing. And when you look at the whole thing, this Patriots defense, uh, it is for real. Let's just get that out of the way. It's real. It's a yeah. great defense. Yeah. But when they go up against the Texans or the Ravens or anyone with an above average to great offense, they're going to allow points just because that's what great defenses allow points. Yeah. In the modern NFL, you can't just pitch shutouts every week. And the one thing that this defense is like when they run into those teams is they're not getting the defensive touchdowns or, or the ton of turnovers or sacks. They're just clamping down a little bit. And that's really starting to suffocate the Patriots offense because it's putting a little more pressure on them. Like that game against the Cowboys, if that wasn't like mega rain condition, I really do think the Cowboys win that game and the Patriots are on a three-game lose streak. Yeah. No, I. the Cowboys, that game was – in the bag like I mean it was there to win and it you know the Patriots just find a way to that's that's what the Patriots do they find a way to win those games the Patriots have Bill Belichick who would never in his right mind kick a field goal 
down a like a touchdown yeah. and you still need a touchdown to yeah. win. Like Bill Belichick kicks that field goal if he cuts it to three, he doesn't kick that field goal in any other situation. Right. What the Cowboys did was was it was third and five, and instead of instead of recognizing the modern NFL and analytics and embracing that kind of stuff, they could have ran the ball or ran something short and set up like a fourth and two, fourth and one. Instead, they just took two shots to the or one shot to the end zone and then kicked the field and goal. then kicked the field goal. Like you have to be more situationally aware there, and there which are, sometimes frustrates us about Andy. It does, to be honest. Yeah, we don't like his lack of aggressiveness or like late game calling, but he's usually he does go for it on fourth in most of the right times. This year, we've just been kind of on him about the play calling, you know. Yeah. So, like the play calls, in, like this week, the run straight up the middle with Daryl out of shotgun on fourth and one. Love his aggressiveness there is the play call we all kind of have. Well, yeah, because we don't do that. That's not what we do. And the Raiders were stuffing that pretty regularly. So, But just looking at this game, uh, obviously the big factor, who will always be the big factor when he plays the Patriots, is Tyreek Hill. Yeah, he seems to carve up that defense every time. Except in the AFC Championship game. Yeah. And then, he, and then Sammy carved up the defense. He had like 115 yeah. yards. So we, we really need Tyreek to have – and that's one thing I want to point out. Tyreek hasn't had a Tyreek play in a while. Like a long 60, he's loose, just heave, and he outruns everyone. He hasn't yeah. had one of those in a while. Because the Charger game, he got hurt. He didn't have one this game. He had a couple nice catches. But the, I can't remember the last time I saw Tyreek get loose for 70 yards in a score. Yeah, he has though. He this has season, but it just a couple it, times. It's just I'm waiting for that explosion from him, and it's going to be really hard to do against the Patriots. And I'm curious to see this is the the chess match I'm looking for. Last year, what the Patriots did was they took away Tyreek Hill. They said you are not throwing to Tyreek Hill, and then they tried to like bracket some other spots and and really contain us like Kelsey, and then Sammy had the big game. I want to see if Belichick does that again or if he recognizes we still put up too many points and he tries something yeah. different. That'll be interesting. Well, I'm interested to see what the Chiefs defense does because what Houston had big success with was they did that to Julian Edelman. Yes. They bracketed Julian Edelman, and then it's like, oh, okay, who's Tom's second guy? And Keel Harry or Nikhil Harry? Nikhil Harry, like, Jacoby Meyer. Like, who are Ma- these guys? Mohamed Sanu is yeah, the only who, name who, guy. Yeah. Who are the and, and you could tell Brady's like, I don't know if I, I trust this guy. I mean, he had one of the plays from the other night. He had um, one of their other, no, Philip Dorsett. Yes. Was it Dorsett? It's Philip Dorsett. And hit him right off. Like, it was a good throw by Tom. First down, should have been. Dropped it. Dropped. You know, and now Tom, you know he's thinking, well, looks like I'm going somewhere else, <laughs> else next where? time. You know, like, that's what Tom does. He knows who his, his go-to guy was always Gronk and is always Julian. And for, you know, that's a defensive, that's kind of what we've enjoyed with Travis Kelsey. Because who do you cover? You know, what do you put on Gronk or Kelsey? Do you and, put a safety on him? And, you know, and, and, now, and now you can't, guys. yeah, now you can't cover Julian Edelman with that bracket sort of guy over the top yes. corner, you know, so. That's a great point. Uh, the Texans, like you said, they're, a lot of their success came on, on containing Jules. And also what they did was, was they just blitzed the living hell out of Tom Brady. Yeah. No, he, he he did not look comfortable no. at all. And he hasn't looked comfortable this year. And his line is not that good. And it's funny with old quarterbacks. You just got to get close, yes. and they'll do the rest. They'll just fall down. 
It's it, like Peyton Manning. You like touch him on the arm, and he just like curl up in a ball, fall down. And there's one thing about this Patriots team and last year's Patriots team that isn't really getting talked about. Like the line has been kind of the thing. People have been kind of talking about the receivers, Brady, the line playing bad. This Patriots team cannot run the football. No, they can't do it up the middle. They can't. They well, and on the other side, they get run on. Oh yes, they're not this imposing team anymore because last year in the playoffs they kind of rebranded themselves as a running team they said good running we're gonna pound you to death and then we're gonna let Brady make plays and that's what they did because Brady was still good enough to do it they had some some weapons over there Brady's probably missing Chris Hogan a little right now he's definitely missing Gronkowski even though Gronk wasn't what he was last year he still had some juice in him to make some plays and so when they can't dominate the line like that this is a matchup that I don't want to say is scary good for the Chiefs because you never want to say that about the Patriots but one thing the Patriots can't do is run the football and that's the you know the one thing the narrative of the season is that we can't stop we can stop the pass a little we're still sixth in the league DVOA ranked in stopping the pass sixth that's a top six pass defense that Brady's about to see and a top five sack defense pressure on Brady smothering coverage they can't run the football. That's our own weakness. It's an interesting quote because Bill Belichick's been on that all-time team doing interviews, and he's been very candid about you know his approach. He's talking about the art of war, and he's, and he's uh, relating football to war, and he said the one common in most war generals' minds back in the day was you find the weakness and you attack it. You find who your what your opponent's weakness is, you attack it, and you take your strength and you lean on it. And he, and he reiterated that in this interview, and – their weakness is running the football, and that's our weakness. So if they attack that, that's just going to, you know, that's kind of an advantage for the Chiefs because they can't really take advantage of what we're bad at doing, and that's stopping the run. Yeah. I, Like you said, you know, you never want to say this is like a matchup dream. But it, it looks like it, you know. On paper it does. We The the recipe to, to really rattle this offense is get pressure and on blitzes and, and smother the underneath routes, and we've been really good at doing that here lately. Like, for example, this Patriots defense – or this offense is no different than the, the Raider offense we just saw. Tom Brady this year, it's been to James White. It's been underneath stuff. Yeah. Very – Nothing deep. Nothing, nothing deep. deep. Nothing deep. And what the Raiders just tried to do to us was that, and the one thing they got loose on us was tight end, and Ben Watson doesn't give you the same feel, fear that Darren Waller has. Waller is a beast. So as much as I don't want to say it, I do want to say that this could get ugly for the Patriots if they don't have a great performance from Brady and kind of catch that magic, which obviously they will because we're talking about them being run yeah, down. They're going to put 50 on us or I something. Know. But uh, just, I don't know, though. I'm feeling good this I'm week. I'm feeling good. Uh, I'm probably going to predict a Chiefs win. I'm definitely going to predict the Chiefs win. The only loss we both predicted this year is what, been the Packers? Green Bay, yeah. yeah. I, can't, I, I can't do it here. I, I'm just looking at the matchup, and it's it's a good team versus a good team, but it's just too juicy too juicy for me. Well, and I, I actually saw this the other day too, um, which is kind of interesting. So we think about the top teams in the AFC, the Ravens, obviously, the Patriots, the Chiefs, the Texans. Yes. Which I don't know if I would have put them in there, but – they just beat the – you know, they've, they've come around. We should have beat them, but we didn't. Um, and so if the Patriots lose this game, the Chiefs are 2-1 and one against that group. Yes. The Ravens are 2-1 and one against that group because they lost to us. The Texans are 2-1 and one against that group. Or, and Yes. And the Patriots are 0-3. 0-3 against that group. Yeah. So this is a, this could be a really dominant win here and kind of – and 
it outside chance kind of opens a shot for us to get the two seed because this is the scenario the Chiefs can get a two seed. They need the Patriots to lose to us and then lose to Buffalo. And then we need to win out. And then we're the two seed. Unless the Texans win out as well because we have the same record and they had the head-to-head. So the, the scenario for us is Pats two losses, Texans one loss, Chiefs went out. And that's doable because that first Bills – Patriots game that was a good game it was a good 16 game. to 10 I mean the Bills really should have won that game yeah. Josh Allen got injured so somewhere in the third quarter the Patriots go 12 and 4 and we go 12 and 4 and the Ravens go 11 or not the Ravens the Texans go 11 and 5 Chiefs are the one seed or the two seed rather it's still obtainable but we have to take care of business this week what do you see like just uh we'll go ahead and make our predictions what do you got this week uh I will say before we do this last week I was Almost on it again. Again, we you were almost on it too. We've though. both been kind of on it these past couple yeah. of weeks with our. our so you had thirty eight twenty four, thirty eight obviously very close twenty four. Not close at all. I had forty two seventeen. So we were both equally equidistant from the Chiefs score. Yes. So we were right in the hunt there. Um, I honestly didn't think we'd hold them to that, but to nine, I didn't either. I, I thought there'd be too much garbage time, but they couldn't even get that right. No, which was awesome. You figured um, the garbage team would get garbage time right at least. Yeah. I don't think we put up 40 this week. You just you know? can't really put it. Well, with the Patriots defense, you either put up 50 or you put up, you know, 10, 10. Yeah. Um, I think, I think we're in the thirties though. Somehow. Yeah. I think we squeak in there 30. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 31. I'm going to go 31, 21. Are you? Yeah, I, like I think we that. win by two possessions. Two possessions, ten points. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta stick with it. That was our bold prediction. Uh, man, now that you bring that up, I want to change my score. I want us to win by two possessions because we said we would. Yeah, I had twenty-eight, twenty-four, Chiefs. So you, you think it's gonna be close? I think it's gonna be just because the page. I do. Yeah, it's the Patriots. It's the Patriots. It's at Foxborough. They do have a lot on the line. Belichick is going to keep this game close. He kept the – I mean, the Texans game looked like a blowout, and he ended up making it close, you know, six-point Yeah, game. and so, you always say, like, the angry bear yeah. fights harder or whatever. And I probably just made that up, but you No, it's, it's the common theme that you don't want – you don't want to tug on Superman's cape. You don't want to get a, a pissed-off, really good team. Yeah. And that's what we're going to get because they're, they're pretty mad. Yeah. But uh, 28-24, this is going to be one of those – I mean, the last two times we've played, they've been, like – quote-unquote instant classics, it's just going to happen again. I think so, too. And the Chiefs haven't had a game like that uh, yet this year. Their primetime game against the Broncos was a blowout. Their primetime game against the Colts was a, a gross. Terrible game. Just a gross game to watch. The primetime game against the Chargers was just a four-interception undressing where they made it close at the end, but another one that wasn't that great. And really their best game has been – I mean, the primetime loss against the Packers, I guess, was pretty fun to watch. But yeah, the, that turned out to be a decent but game. But the best blow-for-blow blow game has been Minnesota, and that was with Matt Moore, and it was a noon game. Yeah. So they haven't had that and this is Well, and this isn't primetime either. But It isn't, but it's everyone, all eyes are going to be on yeah, it. Yeah, it's like the Cowboys-Patriots game. Yeah, all, everyone I, was all eyes that. are on this game. They haven't had that quote-unquote game-of-the-year type game yet, and I think a good chance to come against the Patriots. Speaking of which, one last thing before yeah, we wrap thing. up here. I, I heard this. Yet. So I watch – we talked about this. We watch all the YouTube videos yeah. and what everyone has to say and blah, 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 blah. I can't even remember who it was, but this is how I know these people are, are frauds and dumb because they're like – this guy's like, well, you know, I mean, the Chiefs had a kind of all right win to the Chargers, and then they have a pretty good win against the Raiders, but let's see what they can do, you know, against a good team. I mean, we – we haven't seen this team in primetime in a while. And I was like, 
like last week last week <laughs> was, our last game last week <laughs> yeah so i was like Ugh. that's a bad take and that's a bad take also just saying you know against good teams the chiefs have faced nothing but good teams good teams this year it's yeah. been a brutal schedule colts ravens patriots now we, texans texans we thought the chargers were rough but i guess not but vikings uh the packers you know i mean it's just yeah. been gr- our bad we talked about before our bad teams have been like the raiders you know the six win yeah. raiders is our our easy game so uh, i'm really looking forward to this game one more thing yeah. another bad take i just watched someone was passing around the video of i think it was david carr on nfl yes like predicting the next couple games for the chiefs and the raiders and he's like i think philip rivers goes in and they take this one from the chiefs and then he's like on the other side oakland big win against the jets i feel it coming yeah and then he's like and then oakland goes into kc and beats KC. He's like, the Chiefs, you know, only have six wins. Raiders are controlling the division. Yeah, and, and he's like, what's going on? What's going and on? I'm like, Your now we're looking good, at it David. like, what's going on? That tweet is the one that got me blocked from David Carr. Nice. Uh, I, I On the video I commented, I was like, yo, David, and I added him because I'm a, you know, I'm a punk. I said, hey, David, you remember when you said the Chiefs were going to lose to the Chargers and the Raiders and they were going to beat the Jets and the Chiefs? And then I posted the combined score of the Jets-Chiefs-Raiders games, like 77 to, what was it, 12, with the Raiders end up scoring in both those. And Three was, and nine, yeah. Yeah, I was like, Pepperidge Farms remembers, and I posted the Family Guy gif. Oh, I got instantly blocked. I was blocked like 10 minutes later. I couldn't even go look at the – You got to get the Infinity the Gauntlet. Oh, I'm, the Car Brothers? Cars. Oh, I'll get it. I'll, we'll get it done. We'll get the three blocks. My uh, uh, the trifecta, the trinity. My goal is to do it, but also, if you're listening, don't bully people online. If you're gonna do this, go about it the right way. Be funny at least. Don't be like, "Hey, you, you're stupid. I want you to get a car wreck." That's yeah. I see a lot of stuff like that on Twitter. Be creative. Be funny. Don't be a bully or a punk online. But that's 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 what we got to close. Gonna hopefully we're talking about a Chiefs win next week. You can listen to us on Spreaker. Find us on Apple, Google, Google Play. Uh, we're here every week. I'm going to write this week's post on KC Kingdom that's going to accompany the podcast. It's just why I think our boy Darwin is going needs, needs a little more look in the offense. So you can catch us there. I'll have the, the podcast embedded if that's where you're hearing it from. I'll do that once a week. But that's all we got for you guys, and we'll see you next week. might hear my stupid takes about the cheese.